Easter Sunday, honey. It is Easter Sunday. Did you know that? When you no, woke up, did you know that? I did not know that. And um, I'm kind of bummed because to me, Easter Sunday is the, the um, more like the Celtic celebration of chocolate eggs. Chocolate eggs. Funny celebration of, of spring. And, oh, spring. Um, yeah. So I was kind of bummed because usually we get a lot of chocolate eggs or at least colored eggs yeah i'm not that keen on colored eggs <laughs> chocolate eggs are eggs with little surprises in them uh, to have today and to enjoy them with our friends even do an egg hunt you know but yeah i didn't realize it was so didn't organize anything so we get no chocolate today well a little bit of chocolate bar i guess that's not the same. <laughs> not the same. Also, um, we're not alone. What about everybody else? Didn't anybody else remember? Mm, I don't know. Somebody did. Do you mean, do you mean somebody else in the community? Yeah, or? somebody else did. Yeah, maybe. Because remember what you saw on that table this morning? That would, oh yeah, somebody did remember. Dan brought us, uh -huh. the community, a beautiful set of, uh, what would you call those, daffodils? No. No, not daffodils. They're the roundy ones. Roundy ones. <laughs> Who are very bad at naming plants. <laughs> hey Dan, what that what what was that plant called? A lily? Which one? The one that you gave the, the community? Easter plant. For Easter? That you left in the shaman shack? It's not lilies, I can't remember what's the name. Tulips. Tulips, yes. Yeah. So we have Dan. In Dan the remembered. Today. <laughs> Dan's cruising to the res with us today. Yes, he's driving to the res with us today. Because the res is open. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting bit. I wanted to talk about that. Okay, let's talk about I don't that. have other things to talk about. I mean, Easter, yeah, okay. We forgot it. We probably would have remembered if we had kids running around. Oh, yeah. Because it seems like Definitely. kids are designed to remind you of holidays. Yes, yes. Plus, if you have kids, you also usually have them in school, and schools definitely gonna remind, remind you. you if there's a holiday coming because <laughs> the kids ain't going to school that day. Yes. And, uh, our dogs, every day is Easter. They look around the yard hunting Easter eggs every single day. Every day, yeah. yeah. And we pretty much get chocolate every day. Yeah, so mm. kind of like mellows out the whole holiday thing, but it's very important for other people, I notice. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. I did get a phone call last week, an invitation, I think, to go to Jesus's celebration of death or something. Was that what it was? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I, th I think you got a call too. I don't think I did. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. Oh, uh -huh. I forgot I remember. it. <laughs> also, we got a letter. And a letter to, to invite, to us, invite to us to invite us to some church, someplace. Yeah. I never actually went to one of those things. Did you ever? 
the Christian celebration of Easter. Yeah, don't they go to church in the evening or something like that? No, I've never been part of an organized religion. I know, I mean, my parents... Your family must, all right. My mom and my grandparents baptized me into Catholic Church when I was a newborn baby. Right. Against my father's wishes. But um, that's it. <laughs> my grandma took me to church a couple of times and, well, yeah, once. Tell me that experience. That I remember experience. that experience, right. Oh, my God. Because, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're wide open at that age, and yeah. you don't have a filter. Right. And you're excited about I was excited. Things. So I was staying with my grandmother. I was about four years old, and I was staying with my grandma, and she was getting all dressed up real nice to go somewhere. And I said, where are you going? And she said, I'm going to church. And I said, what is church? She said, it's the house of God. And I thought, oh my God, you're going to the house of God? Because I'd had some concept of what people were saying God was, you know, this wonderful individual. Knows everything. Who, who knows everything and is loving and caring and loves you. I mean, I'd heard those things, you know, in passing from my mom and my grandma, who were Catholics. Yep. So I thought, oh my gosh, really? I Can I come? And she looks at me and she was babysitting me at the time. Yeah. So my parents weren't there. And she said, well, yes, I can take you because you asked me to. So because she had strict instructions from my dad not to talk about those type of things and not to take me to any churches. But I had asked. So she said yes. And I was so excited. So she put a beautiful dress on me and off we went. We walked down the street saying hello to everybody. We went into the church and we walked in and I was so excited. God's sat, house is pretty nice, some of them. We sat down and I looked up into the front because I was pretty small, so I couldn't see it when we were walking in with everybody. But once we sat down, I was able to see the front of the church. And there was this massive cross with a man on it with thorns on his head bleeding down his face and great suffering and pain with nails on his hands and his feet. And I stood up and I looked at my grandma and I said, this is not the house of God. This is something else. I don't know what it is, but it's bad, it's evil, it's horrible. And you lied to me and this isn't the house of God. And I'm leaving. Very, very loud. Everybody heard it. My mom, my grandma was mortified. mortified. I bet. Oh my so God. I ran out and I was four. I didn't know how to get home, but I was God damn, I'm going to try. <laughs> and you weren't staying there, not one second longer. No, one second longer. I ran out, got into the park in front of the church, and I thought, hmm, I wonder where, which way I'm supposed to go. And then I felt somebody grabbing me right from behind, and, and I looked, and it was my grandma. Oh, and my And she gosh. looked at me, and she said, what has your father been telling you? And I said, what do you mean? She said, that, all that nonsense, what you said. What's your father been telling you? And I'm like, oh. From that moment on, my father became interesting to <laughs> He me. became interesting. Before that, I had no interest in my father. He was the most boring individual on the planet. Oh, man. Including my mom and all, every other adult on the planet. But suddenly, here was an interesting human. And, um, oh, that's hilarious. Man. And I said, he said nothing, but what does he say? What does he say? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> I'm taking you home. So she took me home. And one of the interesting things that happened was that 
the next time when I started seeing people nicely dressed going to church, my grandma wasn't getting ready right from the window because we lived in the main street. And I said, I said, I don't know if it was the same visit or a different visit. And I said, are you not going to church, grandma? And she said, no, no, I'm not going. I says, why not? You always go to church. She says, um, I feel there's something wrong with the church. <laughs> she had an original thought? <laughs> no, I don't think she felt it was original, but she believed, because she was a Christian, a Catholic, she believed that the truth comes out of the mouths of babes. Oh. You know, that type. I can't remember the saying or the teaching, but something about the truth coming out of the mouth of babes. Right, because they're wide open, don't have all those filters. They just say it as it is. I don't know if that's what they mean. Maybe it has to do with innocence or whatever, but it's actually a Christian belief. And that was a big truth that I said. And when she heard it, and she looked around, she must have seen that it was true. But she literally, I mean, she went to church for funerals and occasionally every now and then for different things, but she didn't, she was a staunch Catholic before that. And she'd go to church on Sunday, every single Sunday, and sometimes during the week as well. And she'd do all the things, you know, the confession and everything else. So that changed. Did it? Yeah. Did did at some point and she started going again, or at some point did she um, find another path to you know her feeling of connection or whatever? What did what did they get out of going to the being a part of that? It seems like that generates a we why in a way. It's not just about me; it's me and my church. Yeah, part of community, community sense of community, that type of thing. Well, building, I can tell you that she never got rid of any of her religious figures at her house. She had a lot of statues of the Virgin Mary. She had photographs and paintings of saints. Um, she had uh, pictures of the angels. Um, you know, so she she and the uh, photograph, like not photograph, but a painting of Jesus. And, so she had all these things in the house, including um, a painting that was quite horrific, actually, of purgatory and oh, hell. Oh, wow. Yeah, hell and purgatory in the, in the main room, in the living room, the dining room, living room, dining room. So, yeah, it was, she never gave up her religion. She didn't. But her dedication or her intensity of going to church every single week a couple of times a week that stopped do you think um, was it for her the after after that was it like stop watching the news as i noticed people who were really watching the news cnn or whatever fox whatever they kind of get into a cult i guess in a sense right mm -hmm. was it anything different for her afterwards did her mind clear up a little bit or did she become more powerful, or did she become wandering and lost, or anything? I think she became more authoritative over her own life, for sure. She wasn't doing everything that the priests told them to do anymore. That seems like a positive outcome. Yeah. I suppose that's the same with the news, just don't do what everything the TV tells you all the time. Possibly, yeah. yeah I <laughs> wonder if it's similar technology. Because remember, the uh, cathedral is technology. 
Oh yeah, it definitely is. So maybe the news is the technology now, or it's Wi-Fi on your phone or something. Mm. What do you think? Could be. Serves that kind of purpose because I noticed it does seem like um, there's still churches, but it doesn't seem like there's cathedrals. You know, they're like building giant cathedrals anymore. They're not well, they building did, them. They did in Russia. Remember, we looked yeah, at that. Yeah, I think they're still building them, but not to the same degree or amount. So the technology isn't being built and used, or they just use the same one over and over. What do you think? I'm or not they sure. Think they adapted sure. to a different technology? I don't know. No ideas. No, no ideas. I so, would need more details. <laughs> it's too broad. Too broad. <laughs> yeah, for me oh. to look at. What about? Since we started with Easter and we almost went to the Reses Open, we're still sort of stuck in religion a little bit, right? That really surprised me because they, the Res, the Nagar Reservation, I heard from relatives that um, for many years in the United States, it was illegal for Native Americans to practice their songs to tell their stories and get together in in, uh, in ceremony. Oh yeah, we were at, we weren't allowed to gather in order to do a a uh, gathering potlatch. We'd yeah, have we to paddle off to Tatouche Island where yeah. there weren't any Indian agents yeah. <laughs> to see it, and then everybody go out there in secret, you know, and have their yeah. party anyway. But yeah, I remember seeing a photograph of <laughs> people dressed in their traditional clothes, and there was a six foot wall or seven foot wall. Oh, yeah. All around them, and well, a little my, kid. My uncle was up on, on the fence. Yeah. Sitting on it, and Uncle Cotton said, Oh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they yeah. could do their dancing and stuff behind the fence. Yeah, they had to do everything behind the fence. That was good. So I remember that. That's part of the indoctrination of removing anything that might be contrary to the main religions that people are allowed to practice. You'd think, wow, that happened in the United States of America, you know, the passing of freedom, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, that's right. Freedom here is an illusion. And I remember many years ago, I wrote an article when I became, I came here to see, and I noticed that this was one of the most oppressed and dictatorship-led places on the planet. And I was quite shocked and surprised about that. So... Apart from that, though, um, the the religion aspect of it, uh, part of the Christian religions was to absorb all of the religions and customs in the local area. Mm-hmm. So that means that if an area, for example, in Ireland, in Ireland there's still traditions that worship the, the bunny on Easter, the spires, you know, they, they have different names for it and they have dances and even in England too. Old, old, old um, ceremony of like from the native areas there, um, old ceremonies to celebrate spring and particularly this time, around this time of the changing of the seasons and the times of where the sun, we can see the sun and we can't see the sun and stuff like that. So that was celebrated in different ways. And then as the Catholic religion came through, they took that and they turned it into saints and virgins and uh, traditionally 
God giving authority to do things and celebrating of God things and Jesus things. Um, and that's how they kind of transform it. So in the rest, when when I got there and I saw that there was a ton of different churches there, okay. it was quite surprising. It was all Christian churches, and um, they were very they're very staunch Christians and go to church every week or twice a week or whatever, so they gather and they do ceremony. So it, it, they took ceremony away from the native traditions and put it there. And even now, when there's Na traditional native uh, ceremony, which there are, they bring in God and Jesus into them. Yeah, they totally do. And they actually, I know a few of them who appropriate their original teachings were the original teachings of the church, and they um, they 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 had it to start with. Like what? Jesus and the church and all of that. Bible was a part of their original. Macau traditions. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a very strange thing. It's colonialism in its best form. Uh, it is designed as a power over others tradition and organization. And it is very much one-sided. On the one end, you have Rome and all the bishops and the Pope dressed in literal gold thread and gems while they, you have individuals all over the world in extreme poverty, but still expected to give 10% of their income to the church. So it's very, a huge disparity. And one of the things that I found to be very interesting when we went to the Vatican was that they consider every single person who's been baptized into the Roman Catholic Church to be their property. And that's why they have they can declare themselves the Vatican as a nation because even though it's a city and it's quite small, they have so many such a huge population around the world. So to me that was interesting. Energetically speaking, it's a very insidious energy that happens when a person gets baptized. Mm. It's it's like literally given that person to a different entity uh, called a religion. And religions have their own spirit, their own intelligence, and often they become just about survive, you know, their survival and their wealth and their whatever, so right, growth, rather than what might have been perceived as the orig origin, history, or feeling of the religion. I haven't seen one yet that hasn't gone through that process. Of being taken over when they get baptized, and well, the religions in general, but the baptism is a ritual that gives away the child to a different entity from the parents. I was curious about that because I know when all it's hard for me to relate to that drive to have that done, you know, mm -hmm. because I didn't even give it one second thought, not one not one millisecond thought. Oh, I'm going to bring all my kids in and get that done. <clears throat> my mom. She thought about that a lot, and I'm pretty sure one or two of my kids got to go to church and get baptized and that kind of thing, but they weren't Catholics, but they still were baptized. Mm -hmm. And um, it seemed like it had a lot of meaning, you know, to a lot of people. But to me, what made, uh, what was uncomfortable was going to a, a 
basketball game, and they uh, everybody in the auditorium stands up to pledge allegiance to the flag or whatever it is that we do. Sometimes it's the flag one, and sometimes it's the Star Spangled Banner one. Mm -hmm. Take off your hat and stuff, and uh, staying seated down and not and not joining in the ritual. That's very uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable, for you. and yeah. I imagine it's the same feeling for the baptism in some villages and some people and yeah. some groups, right? Yeah. It's like I'm not going to get my kids baptized. They're like horror of horrors. Yes. <laughs> How could you even consider it? Everybody's going to know. Right. Right. So some of it might be that pressure too, right? Yeah, yeah, some of them. And um, a lot Maybe of those Catholics, major. they baptize because they literally believe that if you don't baptize your child, that child's going to go to hell. It doesn't matter what they live or how they live or anything. They literally think that if you don't baptize that child, that child will go to hell. You know, the pressure to do the uh, baptism, similarly the pressure to stand up at the football game or the basketball game or the national anthem and I'm sure in Europe they probably have similar rituals in sports right mm -hmm. yes like a soccer game what do they do they do uh, sing the national anthems yeah. I know they do it at the Olympics too yeah they do and that's all the countries so that's a ritual that they like the, the um, powers that are or the powers that were or the controllers of the planet how they like to call themselves I suppose mm -hmm. They encourage that behavior. They do because it's so effective at controlling the masses. masses, right? Yes. We just went through two years of the exact same thing. It's like doesn't matter the evidence. You don't matter what you read. Doesn't matter what you're told. Doesn't matter if the uh, evidence that you have is opposite of uh, the evidence that's being presented on the new church, the TV. Mm -hmm. You're still going to go in and get you know, booster seat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone else is, and it's the peer pressure, right? It's like the herd pressure. Yes. I think it's grabbing onto the herd pressure uh, that's intrinsic in our human design, because mm -hmm. we are definitely... A herd and collective. A yeah. collective, a herd. They even say herd of unity, right? They don't right. even it. And one of the big, largest discomforts for most, not everyone, but most people is ostracization or rejection, rejection from, the from the tribe or what do they call it a banishment mm -hmm. I remember reading Exile about that I remember reading about the ultimate ultimate uh, punishment for mm -hmm. your crime was banishment yeah. Yeah. and I couldn't understand at the time it was it was worse than death for the Greeks and the Romans to be exiled or banished and the tribes too if you got kicked out of the tribe you know oh yeah you're not going to survive. Right. Or if you and do, also, you're going to be a wild man of the woods and crazy. Yeah. And the Catholic Church and other churches have excommunication. excommunication. Right. So, and Scientology has what? Yeah, the same ex excommunication. Excommunication. Yeah. So that's one of the bigger tools of uh, power over others is not so much hijacking, but uh, appropriating that intrinsic part of many, many, many humans. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when we become aware, I think that's part of being a part of raising the vibration is becoming aware when that's happening. Yeah. And being awake to uh, and conscious of when that pressure is being applied, mm -hmm. and then having the choice to react rather than be compelled by the low frequency feeling of if you don't to do it. 
You mean having the choice to respond rather than react? Right? Yeah, isn't that what I, I meant to say that if I didn't say that? Yeah. <laughs> so at a small scale, it could be I'm at the football game and everybody's doing the thing, the ritual, and I don't want to participate. I could just sit down and not do it. <laughs> not do it. That's a Why good would start. I not do it? Right. I mean, That's I'm a asking a question though. Why wouldn't I? Well, what difference does it make if I'm? I mean, I'm standing there and everybody else is singing the song and looking at the flag. That's a pretty flag. Have you ever heard the words? Boom bombs floating in air. And I know the, the tale. I know the song came from, or at least the story I was told. But you know. So ritual. Yeah. Especially a ritual that you carry out with others is a powerful magical act. Ritual is a powerful magical act. Yes. Okay. So you have to really watch out for what rituals you do. What rituals are you joining in? Exactly. Especially when there's a lot of other people around. And that includes listening very carefully to the words being crafted, said, spelled out. It's a spell, right? Mm -hmm. Magic. You have to be very, very conscious and aware of that. And if you don't agree with some of it or all of it, don't participate. If you agree with it and the energy behind it, not your interpretation of the energy behind it that I find a lot of people do, yeah. but the actual energy behind it. I find a lot of people who say, yeah, I'm a Catholic, but I don't believe in this, this and that. I believe in this, this and that. Actually, dude, or dude, you're not a Catholic. If you say you're a Christian and you say, well, God is not a man with a white beard sitting on a throne. I know it's something else, but I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus. You're not. You're not a Christian. You don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> You're not qualified that way, okay? That's, that's just not it. It's an all or nothing type of thing? It is. And that's by the church, the Catholic the church. The edicts of the, the church itself, exactly. right? Exactly. Right. And so, people say, well, you need to be more broad-minded and question these things. Excuse me, one of the rules of the Catholic Church and other Christian churches is do not question. Do not question. They say that very, very clearly. Yep. So if you are questioning, you're already not a Catholic. You're not a Christian. So it's like that. It's that clear, right? It's that clear. So to avoid the ritual, I, I'm going to use football game because, mm -hmm. you know, it's no chance that I'm going to go to church and join in one of their rituals. I just want not going there. Mm -hmm. And there's no event there that I want to go to that I would join the ritual or nobody who could invite me there that I would go there to join in a what ritual. What if when a best friend or a relative is getting married and they want to do it in a church? All right, you just convinced me I got to go now. <laughs> exactly. So there will be times when you will be, you know, going there. Okay. So I go to church and they uh, have a ritual. Mm -hmm. How do I not join in the ritual? Um, so sometimes it is best not to go in, okay. right? But if the ritual has to do with these two people getting together in the eyes of God and to join in matrimony and blah, 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 and you care about those two people, then I would say, I've done it myself, I've gone there mm -hmm. and I've participated. Right. right. And I will do and I scan and I listen to what's being said or done. And I, because it's like it's an 
element of respect. You're going into a church, everybody stands up, you stand up because it's an element of respect. It was your choice, you did it, you're going there to celebrate in their way what they're doing. Now if I go, I've been to a wedding by an Indian couple from India. Yeah. It lasted three days. Oh my God. And they had a lot of rituals that were taking place with regards to the bride and the groom. And some of them, because I was a woman, I was, you know, like ex um, expected to participate in. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I would, if somebody would tell me, okay, now we put flowers on, on her chair, whatever it was. Right. So I would do it because I was there by invitation, by my free will, and I was respecting their tradition of how they're celebrating their special day. Okay. Yeah. So that is part of mystical etiquette. I wasn't going to go in there and say, hey, you know, this is the oppression of women. How come <laughs> she's wearing um, whatever, something around her eyes and blah, 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 and blah, right. blah, blah, this and this and the other. I'm going to road is closed. <laughs> We're getting distracted. <laughs> I don't know why. what they got on here for signs. What's it <laughs> saying? You're going to use it anyway? <laughs> of course. We got to a road that we're going and it's closed. We're going to see what happens. Um, but yeah, so distraction. You know, we were talking about distractions. And what, what were you we just talking, talking about? about? What were we just talking about? So yeah, so, so if you're going to somebody, a ritual, yeah. somebody else might, so if you're going to a church or somebody else's culture or ritual in a different place, you know, participate in a way that is mystical etiquette is correct, and you're being honoring them. It's not about you. But if you're going to a ritual that is really like not good, if you start sacrificing, sort of like sucking you in, like. This ritual is us and all of us exactly. agree and join in Christ and the yes. sanctity of blah, blah, blah. Then you just walk away. And you're like, might just go to the reception later instead. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I've done that. I went to, I actually was Easter Church um, midnight in um, England with my first husband and his family who were staunch Irish Catholics. Mm -hmm. And um, they wanted me to go. And I said, sure, why not? And we sat in the back, and I heard this guy in the front, this bishop, I think he was a bishop, talking about how anybody who is not a Catholic is a, is a devil, a possessed individual, a demon, evil, and this and this and the other, and that anybody who doesn't come to church is also possessed and evil, and we mustn't talk to them. In fact, we should do all these things like, oh my gosh, and first of all, I started laughing because it was laughable what he was saying. It's laughable. And everybody was looking at him like they were believing it, you know, and being serious. And they were. And then it came to a point that the the evil things that he was saying was so strong. And I was pregnant at the time. Wow. I, I thought, no, uh -uh. okay, that's crossed the line. And I stood up and walked away, right? Yeah. And my, uh, my husband at the time ran after me and he said... You know what's going on what's going on i said now nah, i'm not putting up with that bs it's we are pure evil men what he's saying those things are just not right i don't know why nobody's just standing up and saying hey that's not right so well they're not allowed to question his word is the word of god 
right? It says, okay, well, I'm going home, <laughs> right? A little bit when I was four, right? Yeah, reminds you yeah. Of that. reminds me of when you were yeah. four, yeah. Like, didn't get better when you went back the next time. No. So, um, well, I've been to different churches between then for marriages and other things, and they were fine. But this particular one was not fine. And uh, he said, what shall I tell them? And I said, you tell them whatever you want. <laughs> So he went back and told them that I was nauseous because of the pregnancy. Yeah, as I was expecting. Yeah. Blame it on uh, my excuses. stomach isn't too happy. Yeah. But I wasn't feeling well because of the pregnancy, so I had to leave. And he was taking me home. So that was really interesting, right? It was quite fascinating to me. So there are some situations where you go and you find yourself and say, Sorry, I just okay. have to leave. Yeah, I cannot. Yeah. I can't stand this. I can't stand with any of I'm this. Not gonna, I'm go. not going to keep my energy field in this energy field. And, and other times you can go and uh, they can have their, their rituals that are not uh, hugely offensive, I guess, to, you. Yeah, to yeah. your truth. or would you, How would you say it? Yeah, exactly. To your truth and to your energy field. Some people might be way more sensitive about that though, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the slightest little Twinge is too much for him. Yeah, is that exactly. reasonable? And other people can. It's like I don't care. What I don't he care what he says. I ain't listening. No, just not listening. But it's it's joining even. You know, that's quite funny. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's one of those situations, right? A little bit, a little bit gray. So I figured figured out the best way to do the football game. Yeah. Just show up late. <laughs> that's funny. Why? <laughs> just avoid it. That's true. I mean, that's a, a solution, way to go, right? Yeah, they don't close the doors. You can show up late if you want. Exactly. Yeah. Or a basketball game or any of those games. Yeah, it's not like you have to like get there early to get your seat. You have a special seat assigned in those, some of the games. And if it's a, your high school kids' games and things, you just, whenever you get there, you get there. <laughs> you get there. And if you're already there because you have to drop off your kids, just, you know, go to the snack bar. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's funny. There's a lot of things we do to try to manage to manage our lives in a way that we feel is correct within the society that we also exist within. You know. Yes. So if you live in a staunchly Catholic place, and there, uh, everyone in your village, everyone in your town, everyone in your life has a baptism as a central tenet to it. What are you going to do? I mean, um. I mean, there's you so can't, many like, different... You can't, like, show up late for that. There's so many different situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many uh, But imagine people feel theirs is unique, right? They're mm-hmm. in a unique position. They're bas- basically, they're in the, the one exception position where they have to do it. So when you get well, to that point where you, you feel like you have to do it, what you should you know? You have to do anything. You don't you have to. to. That you're not a victim. There's not aggressors. These are just belief systems, and people choose to step into those belief systems. You don't have to do anything. And probably there are some clubs that you maybe don't want to join anyway. Mm -hmm. So no matter what the pressure, you know, that's true. I do notice, and I've seen examples of that, especially lately with uh, what we call mandates, you know, Mm -hmm. where you guys get together and go on a date, I think. Mandates. Yeah, mandates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we heard that from one of the yeah. podcasts. That was hilarious. It was quite hilarious. Anyway, these uh, uh, where you gotta have to do this or else, you know, those that are standing in their truth 
and going ahead with it are fully on board with their mandates. And the ones that are standing in their truth and not doing it are also perfectly fine in their or reality world. But some of the invitations to join the um, joining in the mandates world, those ones, the invitations are disappearing, right? Just yes. not uh, invited to continue to be a part of that. Yeah. Which yeah. isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's, I think, a push pull, right? Exactly. Like we're not invited to family gatherings anymore at the res. <laughs> 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 Isn't yeah, that funny? Because we didn't uh, go on our mandate. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I think I think there's probably things to to think of. I think what I'm trying to get out when you make your choice in a light dark reel. And we're all in light dark real all at the same time and you choose this or choose that or choose the other those are like seriously just a little experience I'm gonna have right yeah I'm gonna have a light dark experience I'm gonna do this baptism I'm gonna pledge to this magical cult of death or I'm gonna whatever mm -hmm. and then you're in a light dark world that's okay go for it have fun with that change your mind later cool but it's a little different when you're in a split yeah isn't it um, it's I mean, different when you're in a split. Um, in the sense that you, for example, you're not allowed to go to battle. Me? Right. Oh, yeah, I can't join battles anymore. You can't join a battle. Well, I can, but can. I was asked not to. Right, you can. I can, but, but I was asked, asked not, not to, and the reason for that request was explained to me, and I fully understood it, mm -hmm. and I realized that going to battle goes against what I want to achieve on the planet. So I agreed, right? right. I agreed not to go to, to battle, but I still could if I wanted to. Well, I'm pretty sure that you um, will find your battle experience has altered, maybe. No, no battle period. There's no excuses or any type of... Um, no, not as an excuse. It's just if you started to join a battle, I think you would find that there are orchestrations to pull you out of it and pushes and pulls to keep you from engaging and, uh, you know, consequences for your action. There definitely will be, would be consequences and those are the consequences that I want. Yeah, those One are of the main consequences is that I am, by joining a battle, I would be feeding the dark energies of the planet. That's the biggest consequence that I don't want to participate in. Right, so. right. And I think, I think that's the point that I'm trying to get at is don't feed the beast. Yeah, don't feed the beast. Don't join rituals that are feeding the beast. Mm -hmm. Don't follow rituals or um, mandates, whatever, that are feeding the beast. Right. Yeah. And become aware when you are. Yeah. That's okay. part of a responsibility during a split for um, choosing which paradigm you feed. Exactly. Which paradigm you join. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm feeling complete about this. Really? The church. Oh, thing. the church part, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about the energies behind Easter or like the true energies on the planets, you know? Yeah, so go into that. I want to hear it. So, 
like we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, Easter's chocolate day or bunny day, and um, that energy of the bunny as very, very uh, fertile, <laughs> having lots of bunny babies. Yeah. Uh, that's a, one of the main energies I tapped into. A spring. It's a spring ritual, right? Yeah, it is. A Remember spring, spring grass? That was part of the Western Price oh, yeah, diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the uh, sacred foods was the milk products from the spring grass. Yes, from cows eating the spring grass or animals eating spring grass. Right. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of things and energies that happen in spring right. that are important for our thriving in life right? and those energies yeah they have been hijacked by religions for sure but you can still tap into them and um, of course they've also been hijacked by the companies you know marketing that you have to send cards and buy chocolate and give presents and do parties or whatever is right mm -hmm. the, that's a very powerful hijack as well that veers the attention from one thing into a completely different thing. But yes, the religions have definitely, Christian religions in particular, but I think, and I'm not 100% sure because I'm not familiar with them, that there are other celebrations and things happening during this time, let's say in India, um, with the, a lot of the religions in, in, in the Hindu, Hinduism, that has a lot of religions in it. And also, there are traditions and things that other countries hold and other religions, major religions like Muslims and uh, what are the others? Jewish mm -hmm. and other main religions also have traditions and rituals around this time. They call it different things, but they're around this time. One of the traditions that also happens around this time in spring is uh, cleaning. You spring cleaning. Ah, spring cleaning. Mm -hmm. Is that when everything's fresh and new, then you start cleaning things. So what I were we saying before you got distracted by all the noises? I don't know, but I don't want to volunteer adding distractions to everyone's life. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to be the provider of distraction excuses. But you just did it though. <laughs> Dang so it! What were we talking about just before you got distracted with the noise? Spring cleaning. Yes. Don't want to do it. You don't want to be spring cleaning. Right? I don't want to spring cleaning nothing. Mm -hmm. But I do enjoy the clean after the sun. The feeling of freshness and mm -hmm. cleaning the cleanliness. Mm -hmm. and, and sort of sweeping out the winter. Yeah. And all things. Or welcoming yeah. in the, uh, the fresh and the new. Open the door, yeah. Okay. Planting seeds and yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go for the spring cleaning with you. And there's so many other magical things that happen in the spring. Like all the new babies are born, the chickens and the ducks and sheep and all the other, you know. And then also the planting of the seeds and all the buds are coming up and everything. So really beautiful things happen. Anyways. Anyways. Other things that happen in the spring and during this time. Um, there was something else that we were looking at, do you remember? Um, sleeping horses. Oh my gosh. We're going we're, we're driving past two beautiful Phoebe. beautiful horses literally spread out laying in the 
field of daisies. And it's like, oh my goodness, there's one of those miniature goats on the other side. <laughs> Springtime, man. Springtime <laughs> has a lot of distractions. Maybe that's the point. I think PB is getting her getting excited because we're almost getting to the res. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> Look, there's a pig over there, and a horse. And a sheep. And baby billy goats. Baby billy goats. Wow, this is a beautiful road. This is it called Y Road? Y Road. Yeah. Why? 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 Speaking of why, mm -hmm. we're doing the why exercise in the instant manifestations. Oh, the instant manifestation workshop? Yes, it's oh, going yeah. so amazing. And the strong whys are coming in. And then yes. the even stronger we whys are coming in, too. I guess that's a reasonable enough question about why, 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 why are we picking the light paradigm? How's that for a question? <laughs> and I know you're a lot, you're a little why because it's more fun to hang out with light workers than dark workers. Marginally. Marginally more fun. That's <laughs> ah, a pretty weak why in I, my book. No, it's pretty strong actually. <laughs> Is it a strong why? Yeah, it's strong to me. <laughs> strong for you. To keep me around. Yeah, okay. You're marginally more interesting than the dark workers. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> what are you? A uh, tiny bit more interesting than, you know, <laughs> death and destruction. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, death and destruction and torture and, and torture. evil intent. It's so blah. So, it's just so been done. Oh, my goodness. I've already watched that. So predictable. I guess there's that. That's a good why. It's unpredictable. You know, I do like surprises. Yeah. Lightworkers are pretty They're pretty surprising. I'll tell you what, you go to breakfast, you don't know ever, you never know what you're going to hear. Exactly. Yeah, you <laughs> don't. Yeah, and you're don't. pretty sure you don't know where you're going to end up. And by the end of the day, you slide into bed, you go, yeah. what a day. Do you want to share what we're actually doing for Easter Sunday as a tribe here, our community, what we need? Now, Olympic Actually, it's, community? it's a, in a large part, it's a manifestation, right? Yeah, it's an instant manifestation. From our first workshop. workshop. Uh, decision to buy some land. Some of the members decided to buy some land together. Yep. A lot of people around the planet are doing that one. Let's buy land together and establish a community. Work yep. together. Let's work together. Yep. So today, we're gathering with that group, but also the larger Olympic Peninsula Walk With Me Now group. Mm -hmm. And what are we doing? We're going to plant mushrooms. We are going to plant mushrooms. Yep. That's an interesting spring activity. And this look at all is the actually planning for fall, isn't it? It is. Because yeah. in the fall we'll be pick, picking and eating them, right? I think that's how long it takes. Well, yeah. we don't even know how long it takes. We don't actually. <laughs> yeah, you've got a fever and you ordered us up 1,200 mushroom plugs. I know, I know. Yes, you heard that right. Yes, you heard that right. 1,200 plugs. Yes. Now, if you were alone <laughs> and you had to drill 1,200 holes in these trees and stick the plugs in there and then put wax over top of it, you know, you could have did it if you were 1,900. Yes. That would be your morning, afternoon. Yes. You probably could get it done before afternoon. Probably before the afternoon came around. Yeah. And use a hand drill uh -huh. with a bit that you made yourself. Yeah. Drill yeah. bit that you uh -huh. got the rocks and you smashed mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. and then you threw them into fire and melted them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You could probably do that, but modern human, 1,200 so holes, mm. going to take a while. 
Unless you have a group of individuals. Unless you have, uh, what, how many of us? Maybe eight or something? Yeah. In which case, we're going to whip this out in a few hours. And in a few months? Or six? Or however many? I have no idea. I think it's in fall that they, they, I mean, they start growing in the tree, right? But they come out and the part that we eat comes out, I think, in the fall. But I'm not sure. Like Larry said, I was I had a fever, had so a fever. we got like a healing <laughs> reaction, really powerful healing reaction some months ago, and during that healing Flash. reaction, I, yeah, I had a very powerful fever, and I don't know what happened, but I find myself thinking that buying mushroom plugs to, to plant in our hill house was a great idea. So. I decided to purchase them and then of course I forgot all about it because I had a fever and I shouldn't have been on my phone ordering mushrooms to, ordering anything store, right yeah ordering anything maybe my body wanted mushroom at the time or something I don't know anyways a few days later a box arrives at the shaman shack in my name I open it up and there's bags and bags and bags of mushrooms and even the wax seal that you put on top of the plugs for you to grow the mushroom. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then one bag and another bag and another bag and another, oh my goodness. And I thought, well, I guess we can put one of these bags at our new house, but what do we do with the rest? And I thought, wait, we own land with this group of individuals. I just donated to the community that owns the land and then we can all do it if we choose to yeah. this is a lot of work i mean nobody made the decision but me so you know the group could have said no nah, that's we don't want buying the land but instead of saying that they said thank you thank you let's organize it and figure it out how do we do this <laughs> we created a nice pull to go to fossil beach res mm -hmm. yes and so here we are. We haven't been here for quite a few weeks. Yeah, it's beautiful, sunny today. Yesterday it was snowing. This whole area was covered in snow. But today it's beautiful. There's no snow. It's all melted. It's warm. Yeah, and 50. we're going to hang out with our co-creators and drill holes in. I've cut trees down first, right? They thin because we have to thin some of the areas, anyways. Yep. There's a few alder trees that are growing like grass that need to be turned into mushroom trees. Yeah. So we're going to create some mushroom trees. Yes. Apparently, you get brand new alder trees, drill holes in them, five inches around, five inches apart, or two inches apart, five inches away. We got the directions. And then you put this, uh, after you drill all the holes in, you stick this little, looks like a piece of wood in there. Yeah. But that wood has uh, got mushroom in it. Yeah, covered in mushroom seeds or whatever. Yeah, mycelium. Then you wax the hole up, stick it in a wet, damp place, and then after a while, the whole log gets infiltrated with mushrooms, yeah. and then it pops out and you eat it. Yes. And you, since we're eating it on the, or gathering it at the fossil beach, we'll be creating community meals out yeah. of it. Yeah. And so, you know something else? What? That you, if you cut the mushroom out rather than pulling it, the next year you're going to have another harvest, and the okay. next year after that, so and we the next be... year after that until the log is gone. Isn't that cool? I think that's cool. Yeah. So this, this Easter ritual to me feels a bit like a light paradigm Easter ritual. Yes. Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Gathering together as a community, 
planting seeds for the future, for for our future. You know, I'm gonna eat making things. baby mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of a fertility mushrooms. fertility too. Yes. I don't, I don't know if you think about it, drilling a hole and putting, putting a wet a plug in it. That's very symbolic. It's very symbolic, also. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just can't help it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my goodness. We call yes. this PG-13. PG-13. Anyways. <laughs> that's putting an interesting spin on the day's events. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we know what guys is concentrating on make more babies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, it's funny. It is quite funny. Okay, so... That was cool. <laughs> Did you complete that about Easter? Oh, I'm, I am complete about Easter. I'm also interested in one thing. What? One week or a month ago, we had a homework. We had to go up the creek and gather a crystal that was light worker, um, new light 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 worker, new paradigm homework. Mm -hmm. Our Monday. <laughs> right, and. I think that it was telling the experiences that people had when they decided to actually go ahead and do it with their intention, right? Yeah, yeah. We've and seen a lot of those experiences shared in them. on Walk With Me Now, but also in the public channel. Mm -hmm. And Talk With Me Now on Telegram. Now, Telegram. I saw like 30 pictures of the most wonderful homework day. Yeah. I mean, the frequency of the experience was through the roof, right? Yes, definitely, yeah. So, turns out the reason for the homework was it raises your frequency. And gathers you as a group. <laughs> and often, in many cases, did gather as a group. Mm -hmm. So... And some people had deep connections with their sleeping families uh -huh. just by doing the homework when they were around. True, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. amazing, beautiful experiences. Yeah. So this new Easter ritual we have, which is basically um, a fertility ritual of drilling and plugging mushrooms yeah. in a tree. Mm -hmm. We could start that as our new Easter tradition around the world. Except for one <laughs> thing I would like to add to it. Okay. Chocolate. <gasps> I mean, we can still have the chocolate, right? Yeah, let's keep the chocolate. Keep the chocolate. Mushroom plugs in trees. <laughs> uh, what about eggs? Can we keep the eggs? Uh, what about treasure hunting? Maybe we can make the crystal hunting or something. Well, sort of the treasure, treasure hunting. hunting will be part of finding the mushrooms later. Where That's are these true. little, where That's are the trees? True. Where do we put them? Yes. <laughs> Anybody remember where we put them? Where trees? do we plug these mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. That could be part of it is uh, when you um, drill and plant your mushrooms. You put them in these tree, tree chunk, chunks that are like two or three feet long, right? Yeah, not necessarily you can make them really. Well, maybe know, they're so short because then the Dan, water comes in the Dan gave, Dan read the instructions. He said mm -hmm. we would cut two or three foot long chunks and okay. then drill the holes on those and you stick them straight up and down. Oh, okay. Cool. And then the water can go up it, yeah, I guess, yeah, and the yeah. mushrooms will go. Because if it's too long, the ones on the top won't get the water. So the hide and seek portion of it can be put them around a variety of places that you might have to go hunt for later. Mm. But do make a treasure map later. Yes. So <laughs> Just in case. somebody could be the adult and say, yes, getting warmer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that would be great. That would be great. So anyway. we still have 
traditions. The traditions. And we still have and have incorporated some of the most beloved parts of the old tradition, but not the part where it becomes a uh, manipulation it, yeah, and a giving away, away of power. power. Because we're never going to be the bosses of who gets the mushroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to share it anyways, because we'll make it into some sort of beautiful meal for everybody. <laughs> ah, ah. So now you know what to do. Yes, now you know what to do. New Easter. Are we going to call it Easter or are we going to call it something else? I don't know. I don't know where the word comes from. Didn't we say it came from Ishtar or something like that? Hey, you said that. I have no idea. I haven't looked it up. I like the process, thought, and it seemed to make logical sense, but it, who knows if it's correct. And in different languages, they have different names for it, too. So we could call it Ishtar? Oh. Like what do we want to call it? What? Mushtar? Mushtar? <laughs> <laughs> Mushroom tar? <laughs> no, you're going to have to come up with a better name. Yeah. Come on, put yeah. your creativity to it. I got an Bunny idea. Day. I got a good idea. Bunny day. What? Chocolate about, day. Chocolate no, day. I think that we should come up with the name of the day as a community. How about that? Yes. So we'll put it out. Put your idea for what kind of, what can we call Easter that has to do with mushrooms and chocolate and uh, finding your mushrooms later. And working with your tribe. And working with your tribe on the land that you have together yes. or that you work on together or that you go to gather together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what are we going like to call it. this day? I like that. Alrighty. Now I feel complete. Alright. <laughs> okay. Love you, honey. I love you, darling.